Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it... um, this is our conclusion of the True-ish series. So we still have a few people here, which is a positive. There's always a chance of offense. And sometimes when somebody tells you what you don't want to hear, but it's good for you, we call that the, the truth. And so we talked last week about the third part of this series and our bottom line and happiness and all these kind of things throughout the whole series. But I truly believe every so often we need to really press into this side of grace and truth and, and the message that Jesus brought. I was actually reading, or not reading, I was watching Netflix. Anyone ever been on Netflix before, especially during the lockdown? Uh, and uh, for the next two weeks, you cannot wait to get back into Netflix galore. Uh, every series, you're, you're just asked, the only question you ask your friends is any good, se- any good series on Netflix. Well, I was watching uh, David Attenborough. He's this guy that kind of goes around the earth and, and, and looks at all the wildlife and safaris and animals. It's very, very interesting. He's, got, he's just got that voice, hasn't he? That voice that you just want to listen to. And so we're, I was, he was doing this kind of overall documentary on his whole life and things that he's kind of picked up, up on, but he kind of researched just a little bit further than he normally would and took maybe more of an overview look at, at what, what was going on with on the earth, within the earth. He's obviously in his later years and he wanted something to offer people that would actually help humanity, not just give them tickle their ears with just something nice about an elephant or the latest lion or, or an extincted, extinction in regards to species and all that kind of stuff. And so he was talking about some maybe more alarming things. He was talking about how the, the rate at which trees are, are falling down or being cut down for, for building and firewood and all that, kind of, that stuff um, is way quicker than they're growing. He's also talking about... Um, Pollution and, and how the you know the ozone layer and and how uh, pollution is happening a lot faster than we are purifying the air because of like cars and and, and so some of you you love your diesel your MPG with the diesel you have right now uh, maybe a 1.9 diesel turbo or you might have a petrol car and you just love the the roar and the purr of the petrol the three liter V6 but but. When, we look, when, we, when scientists looked into those things in a deeper level, they started to realize, yes, this seemed like it was good. You maybe thought you would have a diesel or, or a petrol car for the rest of your life. You just loved the sound. You loved the experience. It seemed right. It felt right. But with further research, we've realized that these things are actually causing damage to the earth, which then causes damage to us, which then potentially cause us to hit a dead end as the human race, as the human race continues to grow exponentially to billions and billions of people. We need more oxygen, but we're cutting down the very things that create oxygen. And so it was very interesting, the documentary that he'd done, but it also was kind of a red alert, a red flag to us as, as people that we need to start looking after what has been put in our hand. And so today, in the same way, I would love to do a little bit of research. Anybody up for some research? Maybe just go beyond what meets the eye, maybe what feels nice. I know you like your diesel and your petrol and 
your three-liter, but, but what about the human heart? What about your body? Not just the car body or the bonnet that you sometimes lust over. What about your body? What about your heart, which is way more important than the air that you breathe right now? We're talking about something that goes… What about your spirit that's designed to live, in my opinion, forever? You go to a funeral, you're always thinking, why, why does this have to be the end? You've always got a sense that I'm so sad, I wish they never had to go. There's a part of you that's eternal, and you, you feel it, you sense it when you go to things which come to an end, and you wish they would live forever. Can I get, is anyone with me? And so let's do some research. You know, we know that there's problems in the world. Has anyone realized that there's issues in the, on the earth? If you're surprised by that, <laughs> you've been watching too much Netflix. You need to get out of the kids' zone. You need to get into the adult. You probably actually should stay in the kids' zone, to be quite honest. There's issues on the earth, and there's been issues on the earth since the very beginning. There's confusion on the earth, and there's been confusion on the earth since the beginning. There's been issues in relationships with their marriages or just communities since the beginning, and there will continue to be, but it's not God's way, and it's never been God's best. God has got a way, and He's got a best. So, so I was just thinking, let's do a bit of research in the room we're in right now, or online. If you know anyone in the chat room, you can point a little arrow at them or call them out. But, but I want you to just go ahead and, and look around. Everyone look around. See who's here. Nice and socially distanced and all that stuff. And your lovely bubbles. I want you to, to point to the person you think is the most messed up. <laughs> no, or, or maybe we could say, point to the person who's the most sinful. Oh. Everyone's pointing away from, most people are pointing away from me themselves. Oh, there's a few people humble enough to say, all right, that's me. Okay. So we've done some research beneath the surface. We're all kind of coming around, like I'm good enough. I'm a nice person. The culture would tell us, I'm good enough. I'm a nice person. I'm not that bad. And so today, we're going to talk about a message. You know, the generation we live in today, the emerging generation, has this idea of as long as you don't hurt anyone, you're kind of good enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that bad. I'm kind of good enough. And so we're going to talk about that today. As long as you don't hurt anyone, and how that relates to your personal life, truest statements that we have believed. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your presence here in person and online and all over. Thank you, God. You, you're going to talk to us right now. You're going to speak to us through your Word and through your Holy Spirit. You're going to convict us. That just means you're, you're going to put things into proper order so that we can be blessed more than happy, and that we can endure the good and the bad, and we can fulfill our purpose on earth that you have given us if we are your follower in Jesus Christ. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. As long as you don't hurt anyone, I'm okay. You'll be okay. You know, you get through life. Let's just keep it on the surface. A diesel car, a petrol car, you know, it's okay. It's working. Just perceive that it'll be there forever because it's just how I do life, and I don't really think much deeper than that. But there's some people that are. And we're going to go a little bit deeper into ourselves, and maybe just instead of just a surface statement, let's, let's go a bit deeper than as long as I don't just hurt anyone. I wonder if there's something deeper than that 
something truer than that just kind of surfacy, nicey feeling or nicey idea. And obviously, we've talked about in the past few weeks about the world in which we live in has, has really went towards relativism. Relativism is the assumption that there's no such thing as absolute truth. So, to kind of go down that vein, we talked last week about if you were stopped by a police officer in your nice sporty car, and, he, and the speed limit is 30, but you're six, at 60, and you respond because you're, you know, there's no absolute truth, sir. Your opinion's not my opinion. And because you're subjective, you know, what suits you doesn't suit me, officer. You, you would tell potentially in some ways the officer, listen, I'm a 60 kind of person. I'm a 60 mile an hour type. I know you're a 30 kind of guy, officer, but I'm a 60 mile an hour type of person. It's my personality. It's how I feel. I feel like that's just the way I've been made. And, and, and you know, I don't really need to be subjected to authority I don't feel like that's who I am. You do your truth, officer, and I'll do mine. What would the officer say? You're absolutely crazy, lunatic, under arrest. Turn around. Yeah? Why? Because you're dangerous. But that's the world we live in today, unfortunately. A lot of the time, we don't believe there's, the culture doesn't teach us there's absolute truth. It's kind of what you feel versus what I feel, and, and let's just kind of muddle that all together, and it's just gray. There's no black or white, it seems, anymore. What used to be true 10 years ago isn't true today. It's shifted. It's changed. That's what we're being told. Subjectivism is the belief that I, the subject, have the right to determine what is right and wrong. I'm my own boss. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. You can't tell me what to do. Anyone as a kid told their parent that? Their parents, don't tell me what to do. I'm five years old. Mommy, get out of here. Where's my dinner? Don't tell me what to do. See, actually, the, the most common verse in Christian culture, and the world probably, a lot of us would have known this verse in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in Jesus won't die, won't perish, won't come to an end, won't be limited, but will live forever. Yeah? Some of us still believe that? Well, today, actually, research is indicating in today's world, in the last number of years, that the most common verse with Christians and non-Christians and non-Christ followers is, do not judge lest you be judged. In other words, don't tell me what to do. In other words, I don't want to hear what your truth is because my truth is my truth. Keep your truth to yourself. And in and, and, and reality, it's really been misused for what it really meant because the culture has shifted into this place where truth isn't really absolute. You have yours, and I'll have mine. Keep yours to yourself, and I'll keep mine to myself. And we're going to talk about... How, through a bit of research here, how that, that, that could actually cause a lot of danger, put you in danger. In the same way, the earth is now in danger because we're cutting down trees galore. We're, we're in danger. We've got to dig a little bit deeper to understand what is the truth of the situation. In Jesus' day, the most common trend wasn't so much 
this, but it was more so justice. Why? Because there was a problem with justice. So when, when they thought about God, they thought about a God of justice because there was so much dysfunctionality, there was so much evil appearing in society that the trend was justice. We serve a God for, you, you, might, have, you might have heard in the Scripture, Jesus even quoted this, an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. But the problem with that kind of thinking is if you do good to me, I'll do good to you. If you do wrong to me, it's coming back. And if you think about a relationship, in every relationship, people sin, not just make mistakes. They get the person back on purpose. I will testify. It's a natural inkling within my heart. It feels unfair if I don't in some ways. The problem is if I don't learn to break that sinful behavior and people keep giving back eye for eye, tooth for tooth, what you give me, I give you back, then things don't get better. Because usually I add a little bit of that on to the next blow. I usually progress in the wrong way to try and teach someone a lesson. But if I don't get a hold of that and break that cycle, or someone might even say that curse, then it continues. The relationship doesn't get closer because trust is growing. Or sorry, trust is diminishing as we keep breaking each other's trust with sin. Instead of going closer together, we come further apart. Whether that's a friendship, whether that's a marriage, whether that's you know, a business relationship. And if you're like anyone else in this room and you sometimes make mistakes on purpose, sometimes you get jealous, you sometimes have unforgiveness, bitterness, you sometimes perceive things the wrong way, what, what happens is relationships start to disintegrate unless we have this thing called forgiveness. No relationship on the earth today can sustain itself without this thing called forgiveness. Why? Because we all make mistakes on purpose, sin. And we all have motives which aren't always pure. Is anyone with me or is it just me by myself? Yes, good. Research shows that 85% of cultures today, the most important virtue is tolerance. And so, so tolerance might look different in, in, in that definition. Usually what we know what tolerance is, is I'm going to put up with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting up with you. don't like your behavior, but I'm going to put up with you because what's the options here? I've got to, got to get through, so I'm going to put up with you. But actually, the new definition of today's kind of belief around tolerance would be probably something more like this. All beliefs, all values, all lifestyles are equal. So what do you believe, what do you do, what do you see, and how you interpret that is just the same. Everyone's just on the same level playing field, and your beliefs are kind of, it's in the same pot. It's in the same mixing pot. There's no de definition. There's no really right or wrong. You know, we, we, we brought up the topic of gender. That's exactly what, there's no definition. It's becoming so blurred. The lines are becoming so blurred. We don't really know where to start. 
And if we're afraid to start because then, because there's no definition, then everyone gets, if you try to make a definition, then people get offended because it's so close to your identity. We're messing with stuff that maybe is sacred. We're messing with stuff that maybe we were never supposed to, and things are getting confusing. So don't judge me, and I won't judge you, is really coming from a foundation of there is no absolute truth. Just believe what you want. Everything goes. Anything's possible. You can do what you want. That's the culture. That's what the culture is saying today. Tolerance. But no absolute truth. If there was a Scripture that best describe this, it would be in Timothy 4. Watch this. This is what it says. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and feelings and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. That's not you, obviously. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Chase after feelings. Chase after ideas that seem right to them, but have no definition. So so one of the first statements, when somebody gets to this place, one of the first things they will say, I'm not a bad person. That sounds great. I would love to tell every single person in here, myself, you're a bad person. But, but the, the question is, what am I trying, what direction am I going in? What am I trying to prove to myself? In saying that, why does it make me feel good? Why is that in question in the first place? Why is that even an issue? Are you a bad person? Well, why are we even talking? Why, we, why, why is it an issue? Why is it a topic of conversation? That's a natural statement. But we must understand, yes, that's a natural statement, but, but we're, we're talking about a holy God, right? So holiness really means perfect, means everlasting, means He created things that we, we could barely think about. He knows things before we know them. Whereas we're humans, we're, we're, we're not perfect. We are limited. How, how do I know that? Because every single one of us in this room will not last forever physically. The body that you've been given will cease to exist one day. Why? Because you're not perfect. Because it's not forever. Because you grow old. You're not continuing to exist. Your body has a cell-by date, which means it's limited, which means it's not perfect, and it's not everlasting. But God is perfect, everlasting. Actually, there's verses in the Bible and, and stories in the Bible that talks about when people had been in God's presence, Moses been up the mountain. When he came down, people could barely bear to look at them in the face because his beauty was so unlimited, so holy, his presence was so beautiful that our eyes that God has given us couldn't contain the container wasn't big enough. The eye, the retina of the eye wasn't, didn't have the capacity, didn't have the sensor large enough to incorporate all of the pixels that would be included in a picture of God. 
for some of you technical people who are into cameras. Because it's that vast. There's no megapixel. There's no high definition. There's no 4K. There's no level that would be great enough to encompass the beauty and the perfection and the, and the glory and the, the holiness of God. Am, am I painting somewhat of a picture? Because in, as humans, we are limited in mind. We're limited in strength. We're limited in understanding. Even our prof- prophecies are limited in capacity. They're in part, they're not in full. And so because of that, we need help. Because of that, we come under, not over. Because of that, we are the created and not the creator or the creator. So God's ways and God's standards are certainly not ours. God's beyond that. A miracle to God is nothing. A miracle to us is everything. Because it's right on It's just right past that line of limitation. If if that's our limit, if that's our ceiling, a miracle is anything above that, something that is beyond our capacity to create. You cannot create the air that you breathe. You cannot create the human heart to beat. You cannot create a human being. You can't even create the neurons that that are pinging through your head. That was given to you. You cannot create the gender in which you've received. That's sacred. That's given a birth. But there are processes that God has allowed us to go to move through in order to create. But we didn't create them ourselves. It's beyond it's a it's a miracle. But then we, but the problem is we get caught up I'm not that bad. I'm not a bad Person, well, here's, here's how we get away with those kind of thinkings, those kind of truest statements. There's two tools that get, off, get us off the hook as people. The first one is comparison. Well, you know, I'm not that bad. Not that bad, really. Yeah, see, see these guys in the front row? Come on, not as bad as those guys. Especially those guys in the back row. You know, they're on a back row for, their, for a reason. They're hiding out. Don't want anyone to see them. Not, I'm not as bad. You know, you see a person in work. You know, I'm trying to follow Jesus, but you know, the guys at work, they're way worse than me. I'm not that bad. See, what that does is that takes, it, it takes, it removes the pressure of truth. It removes the pressure to change. Another thing we might do is repackage sin. If there's a problem in our life, if there's something not right, we like to repackage it, don't we? Oh, it's, it's, it's not porn. It's adult entertainment. I'm an adult. I need entertained. Come on. You know, us guys, we get bored. We need some entertainment. It's not porn. That's a bit too graphic. It's a bit too harsh. Let's repackage it. I'll not feel as convicted. I'll not feel as bad. Or you might even say, I didn't lie. Say to your wife or your, your, maybe your husband, I didn't lie. It was just a white. It's a wee fib, eh? A wee fib. You know, don't be mad at me. We fib. Just exaggerated a wee bit. You lied. Lied. Adultery. I, I'm just playing around. 
you know, all the guys in the football team, they're doing it too. So it's just it's common practice for football teams. You, know, you don't have to make a big deal about it. Adultery. Or maybe premarital sex. Just some fun. My body you know, tells me I need it. I feel that way. It feels exciting. You know, obviously, it makes me happy, and my bottom line is happy. So, so of course, you know, what's the big deal? No biggie. Body needs it. No absolute truth. We, we like to justify to get us off the hook. And then, and then someone tries to challenge us, maybe your parents or whatever it is. You know, right to tell me what to do. Do not judge. I've got the verse. That's the perfect verse. Do not judge lest you be judged, mom, dad, overseer, encourager. Don't judge me. Do you? I'll do me. So, so here's, here's an equation that sometimes that we make. A truest belief, one and two, comes to this conclusion. I'm not a bad person, plus you have no right to tell me how to live. Equals I can justify anything I want to do. Anything goes. There's no right and wrong. There's no path, so everyone's in the mix and just do what you want. Tons of examples. You know, it's so easy, some of these things. You know, sex is such a big one, isn't it? It's so powerful. God loves sex. Can I just say that? God wants you to have sex, but he's just got a way of doing that inside. There's a purpose with it. There's a reason for it. He wants, he, he created it. It's beautiful. It's, he, done, he done it on purpose. We don't have to hide. Is this weird for people? Listen, oh no, my, my son or daughter's here. Good. <laughs> it's time to have the conversation. But, but seriously, if, if the church is not talking about these things, who is? I can tell you the world is. I can tell you Instagram is. I can tell you Facebook is. I can tell you every, there's a ton of websites on Google is. But they're not saying the same thing. They're saying anything goes, whatever makes you happy. The way it seems right, but it leads to death. It leads to having no trees and no oxygen left. Oh, I like that car. Just do this the rest of my life in my little diesel. But the problem is oil will run out. It seems right, but it leads to dysfunction. It leads to destruction. We, the earth is destructing through us just doing what we think is right. Or maybe, you know, no one really gets married anymore. What's the point? They'll just live together. It's just more efficient. You know, I don't want to, too many people, you know, it's not working out for them, so I'm not going to do that. It's the same thing anyhow, isn't it, really? It's just live together and we'll get married eventually. Anyway, at least we're splitting the bills. It's 50% off every bill. You know, our intentions are good. We're going to get there. Get married it's when we can afford it. True-ish. Or maybe style of clothing. <laughs> Instagram. Have you seen Instagram recently? Had to unfollow a few people. Maybe a, you can just picture the scenario of a young girl talking to the, her mom or her dad, and she's going out, and, and uh, it's like, you need to put some more... <laughs> like. You're not going out like that, are you? You're not ready. Like, it's cold out there. A lot of skin. You're showing a lot of skin here. No, 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 but, but, but mom, dad, it's the style. 
You know, London, Hollywood, tell, there's Instagram follower here. Oh, I follow this girl and she's wearing this outfit and I know, I know it's, everything's on show. I know everything's on show. But, but that's the style. You know, I've got to do that. You know, it's, it's just style. But you look like a hooker. Can, we, can I be honest? Have you seen some of the pictures? Like, but you just do your truth. I'll do mine. Mom, just leave me alone. This is just the style. You see, you see how so easy the culture can teach us, even though the, the Scripture says that we should dress modestly. That never changed. But you can see how the culture can. Listen, and, and what then happens is, because you're dressed in a certain way, you're attracting a certain type of person. Listen, no guy wants to bring that person back to their mom. I promise you. Maybe for a night, but not for. So if you want to attract the right kind of person, you've got to dress that way. You've got to look that way. It's, these things have all been written prior. It's so important we talk about this. The church is not this place. It's supposed to be hidden and quiet about these topics. We've got to, we've got to, with grace and truth, present freedom. Freedom can only come when we, we talk about truth. And it will set you up. I'm telling you, the big picture, it's good. It might hurt initially for a day or two, but in the big picture, you'll be blessed. God's way is always the best. Culture will tell you a lie every day, and it's not getting better. Is anyone hurt yet? See, you can't come back next week anyhow, so. <laughs> we left the best till the last. It all worked itself out. Please tune in online. Romans 1, verses 28 says, Furthermore, just as you did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a deprived mind. So they do, they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. Now watch this. This sounds terrible, right? They disobey their parents. Come on, parents. You owe me one for that. They so you're saying that's what they... What? That's it? You don't understand how much value, how important that is. That's actually the first promise in the Bible says to honor your father and mother. You don't understand what that's doing to cycles. Curses can be broken off just by that one statement. Now we're talking about mothers and fathers that love you well, not dysfunctional. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy, although they know God's righteous decree. Watch this. These are people, they're talking about people that know God's ways. In church, people sitting here, they, they know God's righteous decree that, that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these things, ver these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. This is, this is the kind of stuff that's happening within a church. People know the truth, but they don't want the truth. They don't want to submit themselves under God's mighty way that brings freedom, that brings holiness, that brings 
God's best that brings purpose. But these people don't want to have absolute truth. They don't want to believe it. You do you, I'll do me. It says also in, in 1 John 1, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I'm not too bad. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a bad person. You see, the reality is, this is why maybe you're not a churchgoer or you've heard kind of people talking about Christianity and Jesus. And the, the, the first biggest lie that you can believe is that I'm not, what do you mean lost? The lost need to be found. What's that mean? It means people who don't understand that as people we are limited, we are drawn to deceit, we are drawn naturally to doing things our own way, we are selfish. We're sinners. We inherited that. We didn't want it. We didn't want to have that. It, 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 it's just a part of this earth. And, and as people, we have a fight. And without Jesus, we're lost. What, what do you have? So what's your, you know, if you don't want Jesus, what do you have? What's dealing with the sin problem? Where's the forgiveness? Who has the right to forgive? You know, what's the story? What's your truth that, that fills in the hole? Not just as an idea, but experientially too. So maybe we're struggling with that idea. I'm just a nice person. I don't want to talk about this. This makes me feel down. I get it. Who wants to be told they're wrong doing anything? I hate that. I hate getting it wrong. It takes me about a week to recover. So let's, let's go ahead and, and let's have another little bit of research, in-house research, see what's going on in here, see where we're at. Okay, number one. You ready? You ready? How many of you have ever told a lie? Put your hands up. <laughs> this is bad. This is worse than I thought. <laughs> Two, how many of you have ever stolen something? I've got my hands up. There's, there's somebody, they knew they were a liar, but they lied again. <laughs> Three. How, how many have ever had a lustful thought? More liars. That's at least two lies in church. This is bad. Four. How many have ever taken God's name in vain? Four lies. So, welcome to Aria Church, where we have liars, thieves, adulterers, and blasphemers. Does anyone feel accepted yet? Maybe online you're thinking, I could never come to church because I'm going to burn while you're in good company. <laughs> so this is why we preach grace and truth. Today we're talking about truth, but thankfully, with God's grace, He has saved us. We're no longer lost. We become found when we surrender to Him. Can I get an amen? amen. Watch this. In Isaiah 64, we're nearly done. It says this. This is what, what, what from God's holy standard, from God's uh, unlimited eternal viewpoint, this is what He thinks of what we do, which is good. 
which we think, you know, I'm not too bad. This is what it says in Isaiah. It says, all of you have, have become like one who is unclean, sinful, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Now, the writer is trying to protect you and protect your ears from something that's a wee bit more graphic, but I think it's important we talk about it. The filthy rags actually means a rag that was used for a woman's menstrual cycle. It's graphic, but I think it's important that we hear it, because God's perfection, this is not about, this is not about feelings, it's not, a, not about what you sense, anything like that, this is just about reality. God's perfect standard and our good standard are so far apart. It's not because He dislikes you, it's not because He's, he's against you, it's just the way it is. It's just what the sinful part of us, it's, it's so far apart from God's holiness, like filthy rags. But the beauty is, you can find forgiveness and healing through Christ. And that's, if you're not lost, you can't be found. If you don't acknowledge that you're sinful, you have nothing to be saved from. You don't need Jesus. You think you're good enough. It says in 1 John 1, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His word is not in us. 2 Corinthians 7, it says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. You can live a life with no regret. You can receive the, the free gift of salvation, the free gift of life that, that leaves you with eternity, which leaves you with on limitations. It leaves you with the capacity for God to do miracles through you. It leaves you with, with an eternal mindset. It leaves you with purpose. It leaves you with guidance. It leaves you to a road of life. It leaves you with the Holy Spirit that empowers you to fulfill that. It leaves you to a life lived well. So I'm going to finish here. I was in the shop. We're about to move house, and I was in the shop yesterday looking for furniture. It's very hard not to sin as we went through every shop, and it was very frustrating. But there's one thing that stood out. I ended up talking. Any, any guys with me? Anyone like shopping? Seriously, you like shopping? Give it a few years. And so we're at about the 15th shop. That was a lie, exaggeration. But we were at a shop and looking for a sofa and ended up talking to this guy just randomly. And he was telling me a story about how it took him about two years before he surrendered his life to Jesus. And, and he, people, people kept asking him, are you saved yet? You know, and he's like, no, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And, and he, he says, I ended up realizing the reason I couldn't make the decision to submit and surrender my life to Jesus was because I couldn't get rid of my addiction to alcohol. And I, I wasn't going to surrender until I was ready or I had fixed the problem.
until somebody told them, you've got it all wrong. You don't come perfect. You don't come having it all together. You come broken. You come lost. You come as a failure. You come with all of your sins and you trade your sorrows in a great exchange for salvation. You belong. Then you believe. Down the road you behave. Sometimes. And I think that's the lie with all these people that have believed in society that they can't come to church because I'm going to burn. You think that you're supposed to come ready. You think you're supposed to be perfect and then you come to Jesus. It's the opposite. You come as you are with all of your mess, with all of your dysfunction, with awkward scenarios and situations that you find yourself in because you tried it your own way and it didn't work. And that's where you start. And that's where... Whether you're a believer or not, this is how we come to the cross. This is how we come to the altar. Maybe you're in a circumstance right now, and you've been trying with all your might, and you're holding on tight. It's time to let it go. Repentance is the most positive action, decision you can make. And it's basically, I'm doing a U-turn. God, I give it to you. I repent from doing it my own way. I need your help. Forgive me, God. You're so holy. You're so good. You know better than I do. Come intervene. Maybe some of those things touched a chord with you this morning. Maybe some things you know isn't right. You just you know. But without truth being preached, you wouldn't know. Or maybe it would be tucked away underneath just what feels nice. It would be tucked away under what seems right. It'll be tucked away with, under what culture's telling you and what online's telling you. But, but the best thing you can do to get back onto a, a path that leads to life is to repent. It's a great decision. It's positive. It's life-giving. You will be blessed. It's not a quick fix. It's a long-term result. It's real. So as the band come ahead on up, I'm going to finish there at the end of this series. I just want to invite, you go ahead and stand. I just want to invite you to respond, whether online or in person. Maybe you are in a situation right now, maybe you're following Jesus, or maybe you say you are. The question we asked last week, what does your life say? You say you have faith, but faith without works, faith without action isn't real. It's dead. So question mark, what, if you were to do a bit of research beneath the surface, do a David Attenborough on your life and look at what the results of your actions and look at what your actions look like and what the truth of the Word of God says, are you coming under the holy God that we serve? Are, are, you, are you trusting in Him in all of your circumstances? Is there an area that there just needs to be a little bit of repentance? Maybe a, a little bit of a, a shift? Because as it said very clearly, if you don't, it leads to dysfunction. It leads to destruction in that area. 
And ultimately, if you're in here and you haven't submitted your life to Christ, well, what's your hope? You don't really have a hope. Who's dealing with the sin problem? There's a debt. If relationships, there's sin in relationships, which there always are, because there's people. Well, who's dealing with the forgiveness problem? Because if you don't deal with it, there's separation. If there's no forgiveness, it can't work. So in here right now, I'd love some people to be bold. As we're in the presence of a holy Father, a holy, perfect, unlimited, gracious God, who wants to set you free through the truth. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast.